jokes and tradition. Oh yeah, and its fair share of problems. Go ahead and face the facts. No family is perfect. You're bound to run into some conflict when you're living with mom and dad, or mom and stepdad, or stepmom and dad, or dad, his girlfriend, grandma, and your uncle Rusty. And don't forget about your siblings, step-siblings, half-siblings, and random kids from your dad's second marriage. They're no walk in the park either. But in the midst of all that, somebody's got to step up, take the lead, and fight for those relationships. Fight for honor. Fight for peace. Fight for acceptance. Your family, you can choose to be the fighter. Well, good morning, Grace Chapel. How you doing? Oh, you in? First service had to do it twice. You yeah, just did it once. Good job. Awesome. Well, you saw that little intro. Um, for fourth through eighth grade, we have been uh, in the student side. If you don't know, my name is David Mead. I'm the, your uh, pastor of student ministries. You can say possum. Thank you very much. We, um, we're, we've been in this series called The Fighter, and it's not like, it's because when you're in a relationship inside your family, you fight a lot. Why? Because you're always together. You want to pull each other's hair out. You want to kick each other down the stairs. And we've been... In this series called The Fighter, meaning that your fourth or eighth grade students have been given nuggets of gold to be able to understand the relationships with inside the family, to try to diffuse situations between siblings or parents, try to understand a little bit better. And it's been awesome. We're just finishing up. Uh, it's been so awesome that we've decided, decided to redesign it for high school. Not tonight, but next Sunday and the week after that, we're going to do a two-week intensive on this because it has been so cool. It's like my favorite series of the summer um, because they get it. They can take it away. It's practical stuff that the Bible says, hey, you know what? It's important. Your family. It's crazy, I know. I know you've got ten dads, but it, it's it's important. And here's how you deal with it in some situations. I'm not saying we're going to fix your kids. I'm just saying uh, we give them nuggets of gold. Like this, nothing is communicated until verbally, what? Spoken. Yeah, you got it. Your student says, nothing's communicated until verbally spoken. Has any parent, did their kids tell them that yet? Anybody? No, they're like, yeah, no, because they don't want to hear that. Um, it, and it's true. Nothing's communicated until verbally spoken. Even we've, we've tried to talk about the dynamics. Everybody wants the same thing. The clothes need to go from the washer to the dryer. So mom says, hey, honey, uh, put the clothes from the washer into the dryer. And the student does this. Okay. And to the student, it's, yeah, it's my job. It's my chore. I know that's important because we need dry clothes. I don't want to wear wet clothes. I get the importance of that. Um, but if I don't finish the next seven characters of this text, she'll break up with him and my life will be over because I'm in the middle of this crazy thing that mom doesn't really even care about or want to know. So um, that's, that's it. And mom hears this. It's important. And they don't think it's important. They can't even say, yes, ma'am. What is, when is my child turning into? They're such a brat. And you just want to like, we were talking about that. But that's our series that we have done. We'll talk a little bit about it today, and that's what we're going to be doing with the high school in the next couple of weeks. But before we do that, you, we didn't have announcement time because everyone gets in here late, and I, I'm me too, and, and it's crazy. So a couple of things I want to plug. 
Athlete Impact meets at the McDowell's house. It's so awesome. It really is. So many students, um, whether they're athletes or not, come, and it's going to be on Wednesday nights, and they get to hear a speaker. They get free food. They get to see each other. It's just become this amazing event um, that's done at the McDowell's house, and it starts this Wednesday, um, September 4th. And so if you need information uh, about that, please don't hesitate to, to text this number, uh, email. If you are not connected, if you're a parent, um, go ahead and text your name and uh, that you're a parent. Maybe even I'm the parent of a student. That would be helpful because um, the way we've had things right now, I don't have a big presence over here Sunday morning, and if you don't come over there, then I don't get to, to meet you. And so, uh, and that's not your fault. I'm just saying I'm stuck sometimes. So I, I want to meet you. I want to meet every single parent, but I, I haven't yet. And sometimes there's different names. So let me know. Um, this is the text number. I send out texts maybe once a week, uh, twice a week if we're in like a, um, an event or something like that. Um, you get to know what's going on, where to be, and how to ask questions. So if you have any questions, do that. Also, Horizons of Gold, Horizons of Gold is coming and in two weeks. And we are going to go as a big group on September 14th. And you're like, what in the world is that? It is a modern yet not modern rendition of the story of Ruth. It's set in the, in the 20s, and, it's going, and, and it's, it is theater to the max. And you're going, theater? Probably community theater. Yeah, I was on the board of a community theater, and yeah, we wore like boxes and stuff. No, no, no. This is so well done. If you've never been a part of what Grace Hart has ever done, which she's, you know, she's one of us, and so if you've never been a part of what she's done, she is awesome. Art is wearing a t-shirt. It's because their daughter, Kendall, who's here, she's got the lead. Yay! And uh, I heard like one of the composers is here this morning, and I don't know who it is, but I heard like, they're they're like, oh, over there. It's going to be awesome. There's a sign-up sheet out front. Please sign up. We'll have a huge crowd go. We'll be like, ah, it'll be awesome. It'll be a church family. So let's get into this morning. I'm going to get comfortable. Why? Because this is going to be awesome. School is back in session, and all the parents said? You got it. And all the youth pastors were like, yeah, we get regular kids now. Yeah. And so we, this morning we're talking about us, every single person in this room, all of us. I don't care if you're young or you're old. This is for every single person. So I never want you in your head to go, David, David, that doesn't apply to me. Just, just listen, hang in there. We're going to get to all these different things. It's going to be complex. Why? Because we are this village. You're like, village? Yes. We are a village because it takes a village to raise a child. Have you ever heard that? Raise your hand. You know who said that? I know you don't know because it's anonymous. So I looked it up. You don't know. Even if you think you know, you don't. Uh, no one knows who said it. It's huge stories. But it takes a village to raise a child. Why? And I'll say this multiple times. We have this fatherless generation and it takes so many people to raise a child up to be good. And it doesn't just take mass amount of people. It takes a mass amount of awesome Christian people to do it. Yeah. And you know what? Those people are in this room. <laughs> They're you. All right. And this is what we're talking about this morning. It's going to be awesome. So we're in this boat together. And when I talk about kids, I'm talking about a complex, umpteen years of drama and grossness. And I hate yous and, 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 and change as they change. You're like, oh, you're like that now. Oh, I, I didn't know. Sorry. Oh, your name is that. When did you change your name? Um, I can't believe. Oh, wow. Your life is so crazy. And so 
Um, We have to be able to understand what in the world does God want us to do in order to make sure they have a life that is well lived. So I decided when uh, researching for this, this sermon this morning to read my Bible. Shocker. Um, some of the kids are going, oh, man, I wish it was, I thought it was going to be another sermon on Lord of the Rings. Nope, not this time. So I was looking through there and uh, came across a book called Proverbs. I like verbs. They're like doing stuff, right? And these are the pros. Yeah, this is not like the, the, the B string here. These are the proverbs. And so we're going to be in that this morning. I oh, know it's it's not preference. Don't think I'm. You're like, who is this guy going to be teaching us this morning? Um, and, and so reading through this, we see families all all through it. Mothers, fathers, kids, and we are going to be. And I, I rarely do this. I like to take just one, one thing and and just exergize it. Is what I call it, and, and and make it make it practical. But Proverbs really is able to teach us in so many different ways. And so we are going to be all over the place. It's going to be fast. We don't have a ton of time. We've got to listen quick. So here's the deal. As a family, you either have, if you have a kid right now, you either have a young one or a lazy one. Those are the only two options. Um, and when they're, when they're young, you, you, you say, here's the rules. And I can't really explain why. You can't use like logic and reason. When they get older, all of a sudden, and parents that have older kids understand, all of a sudden you go, how did they grow up? What, what am I supposed to do now? I've got to talk about stuff. Like, where did you learn that? I've got it. Let's fix it. I can't believe I was supposed to teach you that. When did you? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's craziness as they start to become teenagers and life changes. Um, and I can go on and on and about this, but uh, John Wing of America's Got Talent put it best. Let's watch him. The one good thing about having teenagers is you can speak to them in complete sentences. When they were small, they're only going to hear the first three words you say when they're little. So you've got to talk in those idiotic three-word parent sentences all day. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Stop that now. Stop it now. I said now. Yes, you will. Yes, I will. Yes, we will. Turn it up. Turn it down. Turn it off. Shut the door. Shut the fridge. Shut your face. Ask your mom. Go to bed. Go to sleep. Clean your plate. Have a bath. Pick it up. Put it down. Don't touch that. I said no. No. I What did I say? Say that again. I dare you. I hate you. <laughs> right? It's so true, though. Well, we love, and so that's the good thing about teenagers. There's a, lot, there's a lot bad about the teenage years and a lot of things that you will be scarred for life, um, but it gets over. And suddenly when they hit college, you as a parent become smarter all of a sudden. And, and it's a good thing. All those years you're like, they hate me. Why am I so embarrassed? Am I that embarrassing? I, like, did I really lose my cool factor? Like, man, I'm lame. And then they get to college and they're like, yeah, my mom and dad. You're like, what? How did I? they were? Uh, Mom and dad were right. All of a sudden, you get smarter. And so it's a good thing, and they they grow, and it's, it blesses us all as, as a church family as we see our students. And I guarantee you, if your students are doing, then there's going to be some single guy or girl in, the, in, in our family that wants to be involved in them and go, hey, here's some money from Mexico to go on that mission trip. And then they see the pictures of Mexico, and then they are blessed, and the students blessed. And that's this whole family dynamic, Right? And so 
the point we have with our kids is we, we definitely want to protect them and we think we know how. And I, I watched a movie in preparation for this talk a few weeks ago. And it's the movie Hannah, which I'm not necessarily recommending because it's PG-13, um, but it has some suggested violence. You're like, oh, no, no, no. It didn't happen. Well, yeah, it did, but I didn't see it. Um, so I'm not necessarily recommending it. But it's a story. This guy, this father, takes his daughter as a baby into the frozen wilderness and teaches her how to stalk an elk and to kill it and clean it and how to shoot a gun and how to flip them over and how to do hand-to-hand combat, how to survive in the wilderness, to survive. And inevitably, they have to interact with humanity. And when they leave, things start to separate. Father goes one way, daughter goes the other. And inevitably, she meets a boy who does not have her best interest at heart. And she has to deal with that. And we see through the movie and the end of it, you're going, okay, okay, I get it. We cannot keep them out of this crazy world. By the end of the movie, we see clips like this. Let's watch. Hannah! Hannah, please! I tried to prepare you for what your life would be. You didn't prepare me for this. So suspenseful, right? Just throw that in you. You need a little suspense every once in a while. But no parent or mentor or pastor or coach or teacher ever wants to see a kid come up to them and say, you did not prepare me for this. Doesn't that cut you deep to the core? If your child were to come up to you and say, you didn't prepare me for this. You did a poor job of giving me the skills I need to deal with this. And so we try, and we end up trying to figure out what in the world we're doing. And what we got to do is we got to give them wisdom. So that when we set them loose into this world, they have the interior resources necessary to navigate this world successfully. We got to give them wisdom. That is our job as a family, right? And so... Um, I decided when I was in middle school to go to the lake one day because we lived in a neighborhood where you could walk or bike to the lake. And my best friend, David, I know David and David, this is the way it happened, right? We, we decided to go to the lake one day and we get there and there's some of our friends there and there's a park and whatnot. And there's this massive canoe, this huge canoe. And we're like, oh yeah, your friend, get in here. And these two girls, all five of us were in this canoe. And we were at the age, like in eighth grade, where we could generate power. We could do this. That's what we could do. The problem is, None of us knew what we were doing. No one knew how to steer the thing. So we get in and we're like, ready, David, David, go. Shoom, boom, into the bank. Let's try this again. Push ourselves out. Shoom, boom, into the bank. And there's like trees and spider webs and we're pushing ourselves out and the, the girls are like, snakes, ah! And, and so we get back in the middle like, let's try this again. Shoom, boom. Okay, shoom. Boom. Sometimes perpendicular. We're like, how in the world are we doing this? We have no idea what we're doing. And then relationships started to unravel in the boat. And the guy's like, we're going to have to eat each other to survive. And the girls are like, get us out of here. And then it was just a horrible situation. We had drive. We had power. We had that energy and determination. What we lacked was skill. And nobody there to teach us how to navigate a stupid canoe. And we felt hopeless. We had power and determination, but we lacked the skill. 
And I'll tell this to you about your students. They have energy, smart minds, determination, and they can put forth behind them the power of a career. They can, they can generate enough money to make that horsepower push them forward. But without direction, without wisdom, they will run into all manner of mistake in this world. No matter how much we put behind them, they need, they need wisdom. Pew Research um, asked a massive amount uh, of kids in this generation, what is the most important thing in your life so you know you're successful? Things that a person can't change about you. These priorities are so important about your life. This is what you're saying. In order for me to be successful, my ideals are this. What do you think the, what do you think the first one is? Who knows? It's becoming famous. No, it's not. It's, number one is this. Boom, being a good parent. Far and away, anything else. Our kids today say, I want to be a good parent. I want to be a good parent. Two is, is having a successful marriage. To be able to have a spouse and keep it. Number three is helping others in need. That is something very unique to this generation. They want to know that what they are doing is helping someone else. It helps them feel productive and successful. The next one, four, is to, uh, to own a home. They just want to have a house. Important. Five is living a religious life. Wow. I didn't think that would be up there. This isn't like Christian kids. This is just whew, thousands of kids pulled about this. Number six is this, high-paying career. Number six. Seven and eight aren't up there. It's having lots of free time and becoming famous. <laughs> number seven is down there. But no, you wouldn't think that number six would be up there. And all the amazing schools, all the, the amount of, of money we can put behind a student, they're going to learn the most amazing things. The problem with that is they're not going to give them what they want. The most that they're going to be able to do is give them number six. The most any school, your kids are going to learn how to teach, teach little ones and, and how to build buildings and, and structures. And they're going to learn how to shoot rockets into space and to make paper products. And they are. And those are all good things, but they're only going to get them number six and then number four. And you're like, well, David... My kids go to a Christian school. Yeah, and they're taking an awesome class called Survey of Old Testament, which I love. They're not taking a class on how to be a good parent and how not to commit suicide. They're not taking those classes. It's because they don't exist. So where does that information come from? It comes from all of us. It comes from all of us. They are going to get amazing, an amazing education. They are. We live in a community where that is so important, and I am so happy to live in a community where education is this important. It's so important to me, and I, and I love that. But there is so much more that we can neglect 
if we are not opening our eyes, me too included, this is us as a family. And so, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this as well. I'll add this in with this Pew Research. Um, they were asked, students, um, is marriage important? How important is it to you? Is it obsolete? And half of them said, yeah, it's obsolete. It's going away. It's, it's not, it's not going to last. It's, um, it's just a thing. It helps you get money somehow, taxes, and then she wants to, to dress things, the ceremony, but it, it as a thing, it's obsolete. And they pulled the exact same kids and said, well, do you want to get married? And 70% said, yes. 25% said, yeah, I think so. And 5% said, no. 95% want it. So you say, do you think marriage is obsolete? Yes, but do you want it? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I want that. Yeah, I want that thing that's going out of style. And I honestly, why? Because the hope and belief that marriage works is huge. But they don't know if they can trust in it. What your students want, and, and thinking about this, and every student gets to this point, is they want a family that works. They want to be a good parent and, and raise their kids and have a home and be religious and help others and all this stuff. And what they really want is Little House on the Prairie. Have you ever seen that? Raise your hand if you've seen Little House on the Prairie. If not, okay, great. Happy you. All the kids are going, what? <laughs> and, and, and if you make them watch it, they're going to go, I'm going crazy. This thing is boring but i'm going to let you look at it in a different light think about little house on the prairie what it is it's set in you know way off in, in, in some field a prairie and and, and and it's a house that's little and that's it no it's a family it's um you know the wild west times and they don't have a ton of money, which means the mom, she's beautiful, and she works in the field, and she brings home um, stuff to, to feed the kids. And the dad, he's just this hoss, and he's, he knows how to work and move oxen and lift stuff. And then he comes home, and he sits down on the bed with the kids, and he plays a fiddle, and he talks to them, and then listens. And the girls, they're smart, and they're funny, and they get around the table, and they're all together. And, and nothing uh, in the community can, can bother them except some episodes, and that's just where the drama comes in. But they figure it out, and at the end, there's more fiddle and dancing, and it's just a beautiful thing. And that's what your kids want. They're not going to say it. And I guarantee you have at one point gone, man, if I could just get away from this crazy world, what if I just, what if we just bought a cabin in the woods and just, you know, just got away? What if that was my life? You've all thought that. You didn't know that your kids have thought about it, too. Your kids have said, you know, what if, what if I lived on a dirt road? What if I just got away from everything? You didn't know your kids thought that, but you know what? They do. Some, t- some natural instinct in us goes, I need to get away. And dad's in this room. How many of you said, I'm going to throw that Xbox out that window if you don't stop? <laughs> and at one point we get so mad at electronics, you're like, I'm going to take your phone and I paid for this. Hold on. Never mind. Something else. I'm going to get to a point where you just want to stop all their texting and whatnot and just slow down. Stop. What's wrong with you? And we get to a point where all we want is to get away. And your children 
They want a little house on the prairie. They just want to know that things are going to work out. And so as much as guys like, like me and, and our professions um, want to help, we only have like an hour a week with your students at most, some an hour a month. That, that's not going to fix anything. I can't tell you how many parents say, hey, fix my kid. Here you go, pastor, fix him. Still working on Stephen. No, I'm just <laughs> Can you do me a huge favor? This is Stephen, everybody. He's an awesome uh, volunteer. Can you give me a cup of water? Like, legit, like right now. Can you do that, sir? Thank you. See anything awesome? Like, I really need a cup of water. I'm like, got to have a coughing fit up here if I don't. So cool. Round of applause for Stephen. <laughs> Love him. He's such a knucklehead. Okay, so uh, we, what God has ordained... And you're like, he's an ordained pastor. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're here to shepherd the flock and, and, and provide the wisdom that the scripture gives us. But he's ordained a couple positions that we have yet to talk about. One, he has ordained the position of the Father when he created this world and said the Father is here to care and protect his children. And he ordains the position of mother. And the mother is called to comfort and provide for the children. And the guys are going, wait, 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 wait. The man is the provider. Nah, I don't think so. Every single mammal on earth, the mom puts the food in the mouth. And that's where the provision comes from. <laughs> the dad goes, what? Mom says, they haven't eaten? Uh, no, I guess not. Why, why didn't you feed the kid? I thought I, I could eat the pizza, the entire thing myself. Why would I feed them? I thought it was just for me. <laughs> That's and that guys get to that point. What do you mean you didn't do that with the kids? I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Here's the card. Just take and give what you need. It's a store. That's what we do. Um, not all the time. You just know the stereotype. So uh, this is over here. Round of applause for Stephen. Look at that. You got more applause for water than you will for anything else. Uh-huh. Sweet. So continuing, mother and father and how they were ordained. And the thing is that we do this together. So how do we do it? How does the mother and father do this? Listen closely and listen fast. You, as mother and father, are ordained to be the mouthpiece of wisdom. Proverbs 3, 1 through 2 says this, My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Mother and father are to both be involved, and often the father um, can remove himself, going, that's the mother's job to raise the kids, and the daughter calls and goes, hey, sweetie, how you doing? Everything okay? Need any money? Okay, here's your mom. And that's what the fathers do. And for some reason, it's natural to have a, a father that, that neglects, not saying that you aren't here, but for some reason, and I'll say it again, we live in a fatherless generation, and they need fathers proverbs three twelve says this for the lord reproves him whom he loves as a father the son in whom he delights the father is to say here's some pitfalls you can get into when it comes to money son here's some things you need to learn my daughter when it comes to guys just stay away from every guy that's just there you go remember that remember david said listen to me and it's Never look at a guy ever. 
That's, that, that's it. Um, no, there are so many things to, to, to teach, and you need to teach your kids. I didn't give you the disclaimer, um, which was uh, if you have a little one that's under fourth grade, they need to leave, go to their classes, um, they, uh, unless they want to learn something um, that's going to be harsh. I teach fourth through twelfth, and that's what we're fourth and up. That means um, that's what we're here to talk about this morning, and they need to know. So if your kid has not learned about sex, Here's the talk. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but seriously, this is an adult um, um, conversation we're having here. So if you're like, I need to cover my kids' ears, you may need to do that. So, and if you need to slip out and take them to their classes, they should be there anyway. This is for big people. And if you're saying, no, they need to hear this too, then keep them in here. It's your choice. It's your, your um, responsibility. But I can't, can't tell you how many people, how many people uh, have uh, kids. I have had to give the sex talk to i can't tell you there's so many so many kids that because their parents never told them or because it was just one parent or because it's just mom their mom doesn't understand and know how to talk to the to boy and yes there's sex education in the school but kids are like <laughs> don't really understand and they're giggly sometimes they learn too young sometimes it's too late and so this is a constant thing why because if they mess it up the consequences are dire. So we talk about sex a lot. We do. And uh, kids are going, oh, my goodness, my mom's here. Don't talk about this. It's going to get worse. Just letting you know, in this sermon, you will be embarrassed. Um, but, the, but the father and the mother need to sit down and tell things like sex and some that are just as important as sex. Um, the most important things in life. And if they don't do that and explain them to the kids over and over and over, they will mess up. And you're like, yes, I know I need to do that. I know I'm like a few weeks late on that talk. So give me a few more weeks, David. They just turned whatever. And so you understand that. Yes, I know you do. And so you are called uh, to live out wisdom of God in front of your kids, but you're meant to not just be the mouthpiece. You're meant to be the models of wisdom. Proverbs 26, 7 says this, Like a lame man's legs, which hang useless, is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Meaning, you can't just talk. Listen to me, because I'm your mother, I'm your father, and that's it. They've got to see it. These kids are so smart. They can see right through you being fake. They can. They see right through it. They can see it through me, you, coaches, teachers. They're like, I can't trust them because they're being fake. If you didn't know this, you're like, yeah, kids went to rock and roll stuff and church with lights and worship that's like rock and roll. Now, you know what? They don't. They don't. Not anymore. I don't know when it happened, six years ago or so. But they don't want the guy on the stage with like the crazy hair and the guitar and the lights and the smoke going, yeah, Jesus, that's so cool. No, they see right through that. They do. They want the guy that comes in and goes, Hey, everyone in the convention, um, my plane was late. I don't have a band. It's just me and a, an acoustic. I'm sorry, um, but it's you, it's God, and let's do this thing. The kids want to know, wow, man, that guy was just honest. He didn't try to pull off some crazy thing when it comes to, to worship. And it's just the same thing with parenting. If you're, if you're being, uh, if you're contradicting yourself, and I know you say, but Dave, I can't control my words. Just think about what you're doing in front of your kids. But don't compartmentalize yourself. I think we live in a culture that completely compartmentalizes 
themselves. You give church. This is Sunday is church day. And then the other days I call myself a Christian, but I'm doing other things. This is at work time. This is parent time. And this is and our culture has taught us to do that. I'm like that as well. And we have to think, okay, can't compartmentalize. I am a parent 100 percent of the day and a Christian and all these other things is me. Stop compartmentalizing. Yet we 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 tend to to do that. Um, and it's an easy thing to fall into. But we need to live out wisdom in front of our kids. Proverbs 4, 3 through 4 says this. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Proverbs thirty one twenty eight says this. Her children rise up and call her blessed. And her husband also, he praises her. This is so important. He praises her, the wife, so that the children rise up and call her blessed because if the husband is beating the wife down, I'm talking physically, mentally, spiritually, any way, then the kids are going to see that and they're going to go, this thing is broken. It doesn't work. Think about it. You go to a store and you buy something. Take it home. It tastes nasty. It breaks. Whatever. You go back to the store. You need that item again. Are you going to buy it? No, you're going to get a different brand, a different style, something heftier, something whatever, cleaner, brighter, whatever it needs to be. And you know what? People have done that exact same thing with, with marriage. Oh, this one doesn't work. I'm going to get another one and another one. And the kids see that and they do the same thing. Oh, this marriage doesn't work. They're going to get another one and another one and another one and try something else out. And this one's beautiful and that one's smart and this one doesn't hit me and this one, whatever. And the kid sees that and go, yep, that's broken. Forget it. I'm on my own. I'll do things my way. Because I am a smart young teenager that knows everything there is to know about the world and can navigate it completely. Right? No! They will mess up. And inevitably they will. But we got to give them the wisdom to figure some things out and to be there and to go, Dad, I'm in trouble. Mom, what did you think? I didn't think. Yeah. You want your kids to be able to call you and ask you in the tough situations, right? But beyond that, they need to see Mom and Dad be friends. Be friends. And we see this in Proverbs um, 2, 16 through 17. It says, you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. This word companion is talking about her husband. But that is not the word for husband. It is the word for companion, but it is talking about her husband in a very loving way. In Hebrew, it's the word halup. So say the word halup. Say it louder. Halup. Now turn to your wife or loved one and say, you're my halup. Do it. You're like, I'm so embarrassed. Okay, I will hum so no one else can hear you. So I'll give you one more chance. Turn to her, him, and say, you're my haloop. See how that works? I create noise and you're not so embarrassed. Um, that was, that's small change. I'm going to ask you to do something way more embarrassing later, so get ready. Okay? It's so inappropriate. It's perfect. Okay? And so... I, I, yesterday I was volunteering at, at New to You, which is awesome. If you don't, they need some help sorting over there. If, if you're stuck in like church world and, and work world and school world and you know all these people all the time, go and help out New to You and meet someone that, that's very unique and new to you. <laughs> See how I did that? Um, I was helping an old lady get some stuff in her, in her truck, and she said, yes, my husband's truck, he just passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry, this elderly lady. And her response was, 
Yeah, he was, he was my buddy. Oh, right? And so many years, still best friends. And your kids need to see it. Your kids need to see it. Now, I, uh, I go on a camping trip every year. And uh, with guys only, no girls, no dogs, lots of like bacon and stuff like that. When I mean, it's camping in the snow, it's in February, so everyone's freezing, like massive fires. It's just guy stuff, right? We come from all over the country and, and, and meet up. We've done it for decades, um, one decade. Uh, <laughs> and we tell stories. And one thing when you get a bunch of guys together, one thing that comes out a lot of times is how you were disciplined. It's like a badge of honor. Like, yeah, I had to go out and pick my own switch. Raise your hand if you know what that means. Okay? Kids are like, what? That's because it's barbaric. Like, go get your own switch when you've done something bad, and you have to go out and find a stick, and you come back, and they go, not going to work. Go get another one. You're like, (laughs) you get a stick, and they're like, yes, this one is going to work. Whack! Okay, bend over. I know the sound of my dad's belt as it goes through the loops. (laughs) This is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. You know, and, and for some reason, we, the, when you get guys together, they, they, it's like, yeah, yeah, I was beat more than you were. Yeah, I was disciplined in this way. Um, and this, we're, they're all telling stories, and this one guy goes, one time, my mom said, hey, can you do this? And I was in high school. This isn't me. This is my friend. And he said, no, I don't want to do it. She says, do it now. And he said, no. And he said, he bowed up physically started yelling at her right in her face. And he said, my dad jumped off the couch so fast. He came over, grabbed me by my shirt, lifted me in the air. And my father's never laid an angry hand on me in his life, but I was airborne. And he looked me straight in the face and said, you will never talk to my wife who I love like that. And he said, I said, yes, sir. I'm sorry, ma'am. And all of us in the trip were like, yeah, right? Because that's your wife, and you got to step in there. You're not just like, yeah, whatever. Some guys would do that, but you understand. you got to step in there. That's your haloop. That's your loved one, right? And some of you are saying, yeah, I can get that, but my one of my, step, one of my stepdads, out of the many that I have, I mean, he's just, I don't know, I can't understand him and it's weird and I don't know why she married him or live, whatever. My family's just crazy. It doesn't matter in any situation. This thing can work and the Bible can help us to get there. And we got to talk fast because we're running out of time. One more story. The, um, I had a friend and he was telling me his mom got really, 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 really sick. And they were in the hospital for nights. And you understand spending nights in the hospital is just emotionally draining. And it was just him, uh, my friend, his mom, and his stepdad, recent stepdad. Not, I mean, not like the day before, but like months, not even a year. And emotions flared, and he said to his stepdad, if this is so troubling, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just get out of here? Leave us alone. And he said his stepdad leaned forward in his chair and said, because when I told your mother in sickness and in health, till death do his part, I meant it. And he said, from that point on, that man, that recent stepfather, became his best friend. Because for the first time, he saw him love his mom. And the power of that is going to be able to cure any amount 
of false teaching that these kids have been manipulated to believe. And they want to believe that marriage can work. They want to believe it, but it's not an easy thing to do. And you were meant to be models, not just of um, friendship and all this. You're meant to be models of love. Let's read this verse together. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely dear, graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. And some of your kids are going, oh, I can't believe he's talking about this. My mom is right there. He never does this, ever. I promise you. And uh, no, you're supposed to be models of love. I'm not saying flesh all of Proverbs 5 out in front of your kids. Please don't. Uh, I'll let you exegete that passage at home by yourself. Um, my point here is you need to let them know that you love one another. And that doesn't mean fleshing everything in, the, in front of your kids. And some of you are very private. And I'm, I want to give you guys a gift mainly the ladies in here. I want to give you something this morning that you're all going to jump up and cheer about, and the guys are going to go, I'm going to talk to you after the service, David. Um, and, and I get that. It's okay, and, but you do not have to do this. This is not mandatory. I understand there are relationships in here that are exes and strange, uh, strange and, uh, and I get that. But I want to give you ladies a gift, and that is a kiss. So I'm going to ask you, men, if you're sitting near, or you have a kid in between you, this is even better. Just give your wife a kiss. One, two, three, do it now. Just give her a kiss. Give her a kiss. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 Everyone's looking, going, oh, that's so sweet. Some of you are like, I wish my husband was here today. <laughs> and all the women are like, yeah, I haven't gotten a kiss in like three days. And the guy's like, yeah, I know. It's just, I mean, it just didn't do it. It didn't come around to it or whatever. And we've been busy. And, and the women are constantly thinking, oh, I just they're constantly worried about that and the guys are like what i, I don't know when was the last time i guess i don't know was that before bed last i can't remember whatever uh and the wife's like yeah i gotta get this um so if that was awkward for you i'm sorry but they need to see you love each other they need to and some of you are like yeah well, we just don't kiss in front of and why who taught you that who taught it's not in me i don't know if our, the youth group's ever seen lauren and i kiss although because we're all over the place i don't even know where she is now if she's even in the room because we're all over the place but they should. We're models of love as well. Whether you have students or not, you can be a model of some sort for them. Why? Because we live in a fatherless generation. They are going to get a father figure. Mothers come to me and say, will you be a father figure to my son? And I say, it doesn't work like that. I can't just step in and go, hey, I'm your father figure. This is what a father should be. No, no, it doesn't work like that. A kid is going to look at all the men in his life. And go, oh, that's cool. That's interesting. I'm captivated by that. And they are going to learn from all of you smart Christian guys. But if you're not in, your, in their life, they are going to go, oh, that guy is cool. And he um, has torn up his life. And they're going to take all the bad stuff. They're going to take all the bad stuff from the guys. So mothers, you want your kids to have a father figure. Keep them away from bad men at all times. I don't care if it's a coach or a teacher. If you don't think that man is a good influence in your son's life, get him away. Or he's going to learn the wrong things. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. We've got to go quick. You, um, you as a parent, you're meant to be heard. You are. You're meant to, to be heard by your students. Students, you are to listen. All over the Bible, it says it. Proverbs 1 says, hear my son, uh, your father's instructions. These are not up there. Proverbs 4, hear my son, accept my words. Uh, Proverbs 6, forsake, your mother's, forsake not your mother's teachings. Listen to your father. 
Listen, listen, listen. You get the point. It's to hear, students. You are to hear, but you are going to, at some way, spasmodically resist the urge to accept what they're saying, but just dig into the moment and understand that your parents want to instill wisdom inside you instead of going, I know, 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 which is your respectful way of saying, shut up already. <laughs> dig into the moment and say, you know what? They've actually been here before. Ah, I cannot believe it. I've got tons of stories I can tell you, but we're out of time. Okay, we got to get through this. And, and it, I want to encourage you, uh, parents as well, you may think that your kids in high school are totally embarrassed of you right now, but don't worry when they get to college and they actually have to buy things and uh, they're getting ready to get married. All of a sudden, you get smarter. I wanted to make sure you, you, you heard that. But students, we are here to listen, and I'll give you this as well. Proverbs 30 says this, and you've got to love it. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to a, obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures, right? You have that above your kitchen sink, right? You should. You should. Go ahead and print that out. And uh, so you're supposed to listen. And students, you're like, maybe my parents haven't done a lot right. They've done a lot wrong. You can still bless them. Do you know what your parents do when you're not around? I will tell you this. Your parents talk to other parents about you. That's all they do. They don't work. They don't do anything. They only talk to other parents about you. And when they are, when your parents are able to say, yeah, they graduated. Yeah, they're using their degree. Yeah, they serve at church. Oh, yeah, they're a mentor. And you know what? They didn't marry a whore. <laughs> they didn't. And I, I'm proud of that. Because you want to be able to say that, right? You want to know when they are set free that they're not going to marry into crazy. It's important. And some of you have already experienced, they've come home and you're like, you're engaged to that? Oh my goodness, what have I done? Um, but it's not too late. Some of you are sitting here and going, David, I'm so far off. I'm so far off. And all I feel right now is sorrow. What we've presented today is the standard and none of us have hit it, Okay. None of us have hit it. But the Bible is not this book that just said, get your junk together and just fix it. That's not what the Bible does. The Bible is here for a very specific reason. And those that follow Christ understand and can lay before God and say, God, I'm a mess. And we know that Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice, and that sacrifice was not just the victimization of some martyr, but that he laid down his life willingly. And the light of this world will take all of our darkness upon himself and bury it in the dirt. For he died for the penalty of our sin, laid on him and defeated it through his resurrection. And he says, I'm here to be God and love. So tuck in behind me. Follow me as the light, and we'll get through this thing together. We've got this. Sometimes you just need a little direction. And I've gone camping so many times. I didn't tell first service this. Um, I went on an eight-day backpacking trip, and we got lost. A bunch of college freshman guys. I'm like 25 of us. It was a lot. I'm not trying to say, yeah, we were eight days out in the wilderness with our own food and stuff. 
we got lost. And when I say we got lost, we're going through rivers holding our bags above us. Guys are losing their shoes, so now they're, they're, they don't have any um, boots or anything. We're in mud. We're like, where are we? We're totally, this is not a path. You're supposed to follow this beat down path, and we're swimming in mud and, and stuff. There's no path. And we hear this guy go, gentlemen. And we're like, yes, Lord. Oh, it's just a guy. Um, hello? And he said, you're on the horse trail. <laughs> That's for horses. They got long legs. We're not. Go this way. And we're like, thank you. And he was right. We're just on the wrong trail. And Jesus says, I am the light. Tuck in behind me, and we'll get through this thing together. And so we're going to end on this. Take Jesus seriously. I don't care if you're a parent or you were a parent or your kids are growing. It does not matter. It takes all of us. And you're like, I'm, I'm done with it. I don't need any more kids. Yes, you do. If you're in this group, we have kids who need you, young or old in this room. They need you, and they need you to act well. But they need you above all things, and this is where we're ending, to take Jesus seriously. Take him seriously. Stop compartmentalizing everything, okay? And me too. I have to practice this. It's just natural. I'm a Christian every day in every place that I am. And I'm tired at the end of the day and I go to the gas station and they're friendly and I'm not because I'm tired. That affects everything, right? We have to follow Jesus and be serious about this thing. Be serious about it. Not this once a month deal. Because if we are not serious about Jesus, I guarantee you with 100%, our kids won't. They won't be serious. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much. Thank you for giving us these awesome, cuddly, sweet, stupid kids um, that can be lazy and make us have gray hair. But God, help us to give them wisdom. God, help us. It's yours. We don't may not know a ton of Bible verses at the at the time when we need them most. God, but give us the right ways to act to intervene when we think that they could learn something. More importantly, God, help us to understand how to communicate to our students so when there is something important, they understand how important it is. So it sticks. God, give us people to help lead our students. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See how that works? All right. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great weekend. Good Labor Day. Eat some burgers and peace.